0: Welcome to episode 194 of the Various Assembly Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio, the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary, by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is heading to Ohio this week, John Scott Sloat. Doc, what's happening? Well, it's nice to be... Back in the studio in our normal rhythm of recording, even though that won't happen again next week. But Yeah,
1: yeah. When did we record last week? We recorded normally last week, didn't we? Uh,
0: no, wasn't that – did we?
1: I think we did. I think we recorded on oh, Monday. Oh, that's
0: right because – yeah, okay. Yeah, I do remember that now. My head is all jumbled.
1: Yeah. Oh. We're,
0: we're, we're both – It's a busy season. We're, we're both uh, – scrambling to figure out how we're going to record next week as well. Yeah, so. and where,
1: where are you going to be next week? Because it's not my fault uh, that we have to change the recording. Which is rare. Which is rare. You're right. We kind of knew this when I took this job, though, 100%. that, that yeah, this was going to be a reality. Yeah, absolutely. But we did not anticipate you leaving town for big-ticket uh, speaking gigs. Ah, well,
0: I don't know about that. Um, so next week, I will be at the Gospel Coalition Conference
1: And which main stage session do you have? Is it the (laughs) opener, the closer, somewhere in the
0: middle? Uh, I am doing one of the so-called micro events. Micro events. Nice. So it's like a breakout session. Yes. And uh, And that's on the Monday of Gospel Coalition, Monday afternoon. Okay. That's actually exactly when we would normally be recording.
1: Okay. So if people want to hear you, (laughs) they could go to your micro event at the Gospel Coalition. That's correct.
0: Indianapolis.
1: Yes. Monday, Yes.
0: 1 o'clock. Yeah, the whole session runs from 1 to 3. I'm one of several people that's a part of it. So, uh, Who else is a part of your micro-sesh? Uh, probably the name most people would recognize out of this, Trevin Wax. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a C.S. Lewis guy, big C.S. Lewis yep. guy. Yep, So So um, let's see. Alan Noble
1: is also a part of it, right? Or did he, he back
0: out? No, no, no. I, I, as far as I know, he's still in. Okay, okay. As far as I know. Um Let's see who else. Uh, Timothy Paul Jones, who's a uh, um, apologetics prof at Southern. Okay. Erwin um, Ince, who's a pastor in the Louisville area as well. Nice job pronouncing that. I appreciate. Uh, I'm that. I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working on it. Um. Yeah, there's a, there's there's a bunch of us, so it's even hard for me to keep track, to be honest.
1: <laughs> and, and and what's the format? Do you have like? Um 20 minutes to talk or – Each of us
0: will give short, almost like TED Talk sort of presentations and then there will be a panel discussion. Okay, With with some interaction. So, yeah. Nice. So realistically, I may end up – we may end up recording – I may record for my hotel room uh, before the event on that Monday. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It will work. Because we're going to have to talk about the the previous weekend's – Sports. Sports. Absolutely. We, we've got to get that in. So anyway, if you'd like to contact the show, you can reach us on Twitter at VNSPod. Email the show, various variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. And we would appreciate a review and a five-star rating. All right, John, let's go ahead and jump into the world of sports. Let's start with NFL. Okay. I mean,
1: it's, uh, this is. It's been, it feels like it's been a, a, it feels like I've lived a life since we last recorded.
0: Yeah. So last week we recorded on Monday afternoon as we normally do. Yep and the jets had not started their season yet they were playing the bills on monday night mhm and so there was there was optimism in the air there there was yeah. there was hope and so to to set the stage on that monday night i on, was having,
1: on on september 11th in new york city
0: yeah <laughs> helpful yes
1: just just to even yes. amp it up a bit yeah
0: more. with after Aaron Rodgers ran out of the tunnel, wasn't he carrying like a big American flag? He had, a,
1: he had an American flag
0: in hand. Yes. OK. Um, so on that night, I have my mentor group of seminary guys in my home. And yeah. so wasn't watching the game at that point. We were catching up on our weeks, praying, spending time with the word. And then when dessert time came, that's when I turned on the TV. And this was like, oh, I don't know. It was like, like halfway through the second quarter. And I turn it on and I'm not really paying that much attention because I'm talking with the guys and that sort of thing. And I look up at the screen and I'm like, that's not Aaron Rodgers. That's a Mormon. (laughs) That's not Aaron Rodgers. Like, what is going on? And then, of course, check Twitter and discover on the fourth play.
1: Fourth play. Yeah.
0: Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Yeah. So talk um, talk us through the emotions of that evening.
1: Uh, so I heard one guy describe it and I, I think this was helpful as perhaps the highest of highs <laughs> to the lowest of lows that there's ever been in sports. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, he, this, this radio host was trying to get people to call in and say like, can you find a bigger discrepancy between a highest of high moment and a lowest mm-hmm. of low okay. uh, moment? Um, uh, And, you know, running out on the field on September 11th with the American flag, so much hope and optimism. I mean, go back and read the Twitter feeds from that game. The beat writers all say, like, we've never heard the stadium this loud before. There's never been this much optimism. And then uh, to see, like, the Twitter doctors weighing in going, like, oh, that's an Achilles. Mm -hmm. That's an Achilles. And they're going, well, we don't know that. And then everybody just sort of dawning on them as – it went from halftime to mm-hmm. the third quarter to the fourth quarter to the confirmation after the game that they yeah. were pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. It was awful.
0: Absolutely crazy. Uh,
1: I got four to six wellness check text messages <laughs> yeah. in the course of the game. Yeah. So uh, several people yeah. were texting me, going like, "Are you okay? <laughs> Are you in a safe place?"
0: Right. So, yes. So, I mean, by now people realize the Jets miraculously essentially went on to win that football game.
1: Yeah, I mean, the defense is still a top five defense in the it NFL. Uh, Josh Allen is still, I you know, people want to put him in an elite category. I don't think he's there. He throws too many interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw three interceptions to one guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, the Bills had as many points as uh, as many points in the second half as they had at interceptions.
0: That's not good. That's not a winning recipe.
1: So, um, yeah, I, the Jets' is el- defense is
0: elite, and it's going to win up some games. Mm-hmm. It just will. Uh, yeah. So, and another bright spot: two two things stood out to me. One was the. Absurd touchdown catch by Garrett Wilson.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and the absurdly bad throw that led
0: oh, it was to, terrible. The, to, the, to the great catch. It against. looked like Zach Wilson was actually trying to throw it to the defensive back.
1: 100%. You know, that was a run play. <laughs> they called a run play. Yeah. And it was a just sort of wink nod between Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson to mm-hmm. do that. So everybody else thought this was going to be a run.
0: Yeah. I mean, a terrible throw. But again... I, I don't like the overreaction, the hype stuff, but like I, I don't remember seeing a catch where a receiver backhands the ball, in essence, kind of tipping it to himself, yeah, and then coming down with it. All the while, like with the defensive back draped all over. Mm-hmm. Him. So that was fun. Um, he's he's amazing.
1: He's yeah. very very good. I mean, you very could, very good.
0: You, you could tell at Ohio State he was going to be. A really good NFL wide receiver.
1: Well, did you see him yesterday? He had uh, that 68-yard touchdown catch? Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think people don't always recognize – like he's not like an elite speed guy, but he's faster than a lot of people think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And quite frankly, if Zach Wilson's arm isn't just tapped Mm – Garrett Wilson has another touchdown in that game. That's right. Because he was open in the corner of the end zone. Zach Wilson tried to get it to him. His arm was hit as he was throwing ball in and But he was open. Yep. So. Yep. Anyway. Uh, and then, of course, um, the ending of the game. Yes. Yes. I mean, you don't see too many games end on a walk-off punt return touchdown. In overtime.
1: Yeah. Yeah, by de- – By the guy that was featured in Hard Knocks. Yeah. Where they were in the room when he found out he made the uh, 50-man, 53-man roster. Yeah. He uh, uh, went to, I can't remember what school he went to. Uh, I don't
0: know. It's it's a smaller school. It's not like one of the Power 5 conference schools or something like
1: that. Yeah, it's a smaller D1 or D2 school. And he Mm -hmm. walked on and uh, basically signed undrafted rookie signed with the Jets and made the team because yeah. of
0: his speed and well decisions seem to have paid off already yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so um so they did pick up the win uh they came back to Earth this past weekend against the Cowboys
1: yeah Dallas is a good team they are Dallas is a good team I will say we had there were some bad calls in that first half uh
0: against us I didn't watch it carefully so I can't
1: uh ca- comment on that yeah. Some some bad calls. Okay. Um but the offensive line was not very good. Uh I think Dallas had a good game plan mm-hmm. for us. Uh and I don't think we responded well. I yeah. think we tackled poorly and uh played sloppy football. Yeah. I don't think it's all on Zach Wilson's shoulders. I think it is a different game with Aaron Rodgers in there, obviously. He but covers,
0: he 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 makes up for and covers a lot of deficiencies. He's oh, capable of that. Oh
1: yeah. But Zach Wilson's two-minute drill was was very very good. Mm-hmm. Um, took them down the field, ran when he needed to. I, I thought he did an okay job until the fourth quarter when he was just his old self.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing we did learn from the first two weeks of the NFL season is that uh, the best team in New York is apparently the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. since they swept New York in the first two weeks. Yeah, they did. Um, they look pretty good. The Cowboys do. I mean, they. I mean, they absolutely obliterated the, the Giants. They looked. They looked real
1: good against the Giants, and
0: then you know, beat the Jets yesterday. Um, anything else stand out to you from the NFL weekend? Um, trying to think,
1: Bengals are zero two.
0: Yep, and their offense has struggled.
1: Struggle. Yep. Yes, and Joe Burrow doesn't look healthy. Yep. Um, I've been able to see both parts of both those games. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't look good. Yeah, uh, Falcons yep. are two and zero. I don't know anybody that had that on their bingo card. Probably not. Um, Ravens are 2-0. Oh, that's expected.
0: Um, the Bears are 0-2. Oh yeah, it's not a good start. Nope. And uh, a lot of criticism of Justin Fields. And I, again, I'm not here to defend him. He he deserves some criticism for sure. But it's interesting. Um, for some reason on my Twitter feed now, some some Bear stuff – Shows up in terms of like analyzing Justin Fields play and that sort of stuff, and um, there's a good bit of discussion of yeah Fields has lots of room to grow, but there's still not that basically the Bears organization has not done him any favors in terms of how they've coached him, yeah, and what they've you know created in terms of some bad habits and and that kind of thing. So anyway.
1: Uh- Commanders are 2-0. and oh, That's also a surprise, yeah. And the Broncos are 0-2. Oh
0: OK, yeah. Maybe that's Though, not— Did you see the end of that game? I did not, no. Broncos are down eight. They throw a Hail Mary on the last play of the game. The ball gets ricocheted like three times. They catch it. It's a touchdown. So they have to go for two. They miss the two-point conversion. So mm. they get the less probable play and can't get the 2 and point and can't conversion. get the 2 point possession 2 point conversion so yeah um so let's uh, let's move on to college football sounds good um I was actually at the Ohio State game this weekend
1: okay who do they play
0: they played the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky
1: and this game was in Columbus in i assume in Columbus yes. okay
0: yes Um, A much better performance from Ohio State. They finally looked like a team that you think, oh, this is the kind of team that, that could compete for a national championship. Now, again, it's Western Kentucky. Sure, They're not that great. So let's relax. But they finally did what they were supposed to do to a team like that. They beat them 63 to 10. Like they put it to them. Yeah. Um, which is what they're supposed to do. But they, the two opponents they played before that, they were significantly better than and didn't really stomp them like they should have. So that was, there was a lot of angst in the Ohio State fan base. Um, one interesting side note: so Alabama struggled against South Florida. Mm. They ended up winning seventeen to three. So they, so Alabama beat South Florida by fourteen points. The same Western Kentucky team that Ohio State beat, beat South Florida by 17 points. Wow. Which I think is more a reflection of Alabama's struggles than it is of Ohio State's amazing. Sure, sure. But um, so back to Ohio State. Here's the thing. There's a lot of angst, a lot of you know concern, and I think finally they showed at least a – a sort of top gear of like, oh, when they're firing on all cylinders, this is what they will be like. Hmm. And this is good enough to win a national title. That doesn't mean they're going to. doesn't mean that they can always play at that level. But they finally showed the potential of, oh, so this is what this team could be at its peak kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel much better now about them going into this next weekend's game, which is the first big test of the year, at Notre Dame in South Bend on a Saturday night. Are you going to that game? Um, do you know my financial situation, John? Do you think I am made of money? <laughs> um,
1: I g- can't afford the Catholic seats. Is that the is that the issue here? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Um, one game I did want to talk about. I don't know if you saw it. I did not see it, but I heard a lot of people talking about. It. I have a Story about it, but Colorado, Colorado
0: State. I only saw highlights because that game didn't start until ten o'clock at night. Because <sighs> it's, I mean, that, that's they're in the Mountain Time Zone, mm-hmm. so that was eight o'clock their time. But I couldn't. There's no way I'll stay up for that. Yeah,
1: um, apparently was a was a great game.
0: Yes, that's uh, and, what I
1: see. And yep. apparently, a lot of extracurriculars. Yep. I'll, I'll leave it at that.
0: I mean, it's a natural rival rivalry between Colorado and Colorado State. That is mm-hmm. a legitimate, longstanding rivalry. Uh, but there was a lot of talk leading up to the game as well. Well, so uh,
1: this is well documented on the podcast. I go to bed early, um, so I definitely <laughs> yes. did not stay up for that game. But I had an early flight the next morning. So my wife and I were in uh, Durham, North Carolina, and so we got to the airport 2 hours before our flight. We were at the airport at 5:30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. We are on the bus from the rental car lot to the airport at 5:30. And we're on there with a bunch of college football fans because there was a college football two college football games in Durham that weekend, 2D1. Okay. And everybody all, everybody on this bus at 5:30 in the morning is talking about Colorado Colorado State mm-hmm. and how they stayed up to watch the game. that ended three hours previous.
0: Yeah, it would have ended around 2.30.
1: Yes. Yes, that's what they all talked about. They're like, oh, I'm on three hours sleep, you know. um, (laughs) Which it just just blows me away. Colorado, I don't think, was on anybody's radar.
0: No, they were completely irrelevant. uh,
1: Until uh, Prime goes there. Yep. My other story from the weekend about college football was uh, uh, I was driving through Chapel Hill to pick up Andrea Saturday night uh, from a function with uh, with her sister, and I'm driving. I'm driving through, and I get on. I merge onto the highway, and all of a sudden, there are two cop cars leading a, a five charter buses from Chapel Hill toward the RDU airport.
0: Okay, there you go.
1: It was the Minnesota football team.
0: Okay, who just had lost? Who just had lost? Yeah, badly to uh, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, okay. Did you get to? slip in behind that and
1: um you know it, it was kind of funny so there was no cars next to them uh and it was like a it was like a th- we had three lane three or four lanes mm-hmm. and there were no cars around them however i merged like in the middle of this uh, caravan of chartered buses, uh-huh. and so I'm like, should I be here? <laughs> do I put on the brakes and back off? Do I speed up and get past these cops with their lights on? Probably
0: Pro- not. That's probably not the best decision. And
1: so I just kind of stayed there okay. and like looked for any sort of driving social cues <laughs> that I should not okay. be here, and none ever came. And yeah. I, I exited pretty quickly. Gotcha. Okay. It was it was one of those moments where I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Here they don't. The driver little. The, book, the driver's book, does not prepare Doesn't you that. Doesn't cover for, that one. For that. Yeah. Anyway, those are my two college football stories well, from the Well, I mean,
0: the big story from that Colorado-Colorado State game, besides Colorado winning in double overtime, is um, uh, Travis Hunter, one of Colorado's big-name players, plays both offense and defense, uh, got injured on a complete cheap shot after the play hit. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. I didn't even see highlights. So... They threw the ball to him. Ball was well overthrown, and well after the play, this the safety one of the safeties from Colorado State comes in late and absolutely like blasts him like in the ribs. Oh and gosh! And gets flagged for it, but like Travis Hunter had to go to the hospital, hmm. and he's going to be out for at least a few games, I think. And he's he's one of their two best players. Him and uh, uh, Dion's son, who plays quarterback. Those two are their best players. Yeah. Uh so it it was a totally and obviously dirty play. In the NFL they probably would have um they probably would suspend him for it. Hmm. Uh definitely would fine him for it. But it was just a fifteen yard personal foul penalty. And uh, as far as I know, there's no been no action as of yet. So Wow. Anyway. Hmm. Um so – and also just a few other things. We've mentioned Alabama struggled. We met, uh Georgia struggled. They were down at the half to South Carolina, uh, came back and won 24-14. And uh, Michigan also struggled. So uh, they did end up beating Bowling Green 31-6, but their uh, their quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, who – Some have hyped up as a Heisman candidate and a first-round draft pick. Maybe a Heisman candidate depending on – there's no way he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Through three interceptions against Uh, Bowling Green, not
1: a great performance for him. uh, Kansas State lost. Tennessee also lost. Two top 25 teams that went down this weekend.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, And also uh, something of local interest. Missouri beating Kansas State – Like, why is that local interest? Because the kicker for Missouri graduated from Warsaw High School. Did he really? Yeah. And he kicked a 61-yard field goal to win the game. Yeah. So. That'll do it. Props to him. Yeah. Ah, So much sports we could talk about. We could totally turn this into a. uh, Sports-only podcast. Yeah, but, you know. We shan't. We shan't, yes. We shan't ready to move on. Sure. All right. We are continuing our series on 2 uh, Peter one and the the list of uh, character qualities that uh, we as believers are instructed to add on to our faith. There's sort of a building block kind of picture here. Um, do you have the text in front of you, there, John? Uh,
1: yeah. You want me to read? Where, where do Let's, you want me to read?
0: Uh, just to get the running start, First 1st Verse 3? Let's see here. How about for the sake of time, let's just read verses 5 through 7. Just, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge— And knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Uh, You say through eight? Yeah, sure. Okay. For if these qualities are yours uh, and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, part of the heart behind this uh, series is um, it lays out a a compelling case for I think I would hope all of us as Christians want to be effective and fruitful and that these um, building blocks of character qualities are laid out by Peter as uh, things that we need to actively pursue. These are not things that just magically happen to us. They need to be actively pursued. And so last week we talked about uh, faith as the starting point. And then this week we pick up our discussion with virtue. Um, Though it's interesting uh, reading out of the ESV here, if you look at uh, the footnote they include there, uh, it says another possible way to translate that is excellence,
1: which I believe they do translate it that way in verse. Is that three? Verse three. They have the I believe the same word. Uh, verse three. Let's see here. Um, who called us to His own glory yes. and excellence?
0: Yes. So um, I, the the unfortunate thing is is that although that's one one word in Greek, arete, it's. Virtue and excellency strike us differently in English. Mm -hmm. Not that they're completely unrelated, but they – I don't know that we would immediately – if I asked you for a synonym for virtue, I don't think excellency Mm -mm. would be up on the list. You might get there eventually or vice versa if you ask for – what's a synonym for excellence? I don't know that virtue would be one of your first few choices. Yeah.
1: I mean if you attached moral excellence to it, yep. you, you might get there a little bit quicker. But you're right. Yeah. They're not
0: 100 percent overlapping. OK. So let's, uh, let's talk about both because I think – I mean the word itself lends itself to thinking about it from both perspectives. Let's start with virtue. OK. So what comes to your mind when you, when you hear the term virtue?
1: Um, I I, I think of um, character, moral Mm -hmm. quality, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, character traits that are positive in nature and that that accord with
0: a philosophy of life, Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean part of this is probably just my own background but I also think of um, in the ancient world – just the – what what makes up the good life? Mm-hmm. Th- those those were conversations that were bound together. Like what is the good life and what is virtue? Those two things were um, essentially inseparable in the ancient world. If you're going to talk about one, you were going to talk about the other.
1: Yeah, and th- those virtues
0: ultimately lead to the good right. life. that you couldn't have the good life without some measure of virtue mm-hmm. and that in one sense the degree to which you possessed virtue and virtues was directly proportional to your experience of the good life
1: yeah and uh you know the the good life is such a broad term right and I, I i i was reading just a little bit on this word this morning and uh, I think one of the philosophers, I, I can't remember which, uh, uh, used to use this word and say, and it will make you wealthy. You know, you know this, these mm-hmm. virtues that, you know, however he was defining them, will make you uh, a wealthy person.
0: And that is part of the good life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um, there was – in the ancient world, there was more of a connection between um, – what we would see, at, the discussion of virtue as well as sort of prosperity. Mm-hmm. I don't think those things tend to be as easily connected in our contemporary culture. That if you want to talk to somebody about the good life or – let me back that up. we uh, you going to talk to someone about virtue. You're probably not that close to a discussion of – Wealth and success in our yeah. culture,
1: unless it's the the perils of those things, right? Right. Like
0: like this is these things could potentially hurt your virtue. Sure, sure. Um, in fact, uh, quite frankly, I think many in our contemporary society would say uh, you cannot pursue prosperity and pursue virtue at the same time that they are essentially mutually exclusive. I think that can take different forms. Mm -hmm. One angle is the Christian form to say, well, if you're going to pursue that kind of prosperity, you're probably making an idol out of it. Mm -hmm. And then that's the the exact opposite of Christian virtue. Mm -hmm. From a secular perspective, it would probably be, Well, in order to be really prosperous, you're going to have to probably cut some corners and you're going to have to maybe do some things that are a little questionable ethically to really get that level of prosperity. Mm -hmm. So it's just – it's fascinating to me that in the ancient world, you would talk about virtue and the good life and and prosperity, even specifically financial and wealth, financial wealth. And those two things would be discussed in conjunction with each other. And that's not the case in our contemporary culture.
1: Yeah. What do you think that is? What what's changed? We're getting into a history of thought here and how it shapes
0: but um well I in one sense I think um in the ancient world there was a little bit more um sort of reflection mm-hmm. on virtue and um bigger issues like that than there is in our contemporary culture. We're a very pragmatic people now. Yeah. And um, even the pace of life, I think we've talked about this in the podcast, the pace of life being so busy pushes against time and effort to reflect on the big things of life mm-hmm. because you're so consumed with, well, what's the next thing on my to-do list? What do I have to do to get this done? What's next after this? Um, And how do I get that kind of thing that you often don't take time to reflect on what kind of person do I want to be? What kind of person should I be? Um, And is there any sort of standard by which I should be measuring myself or trying to live up to or um, what – how do I even think about the fact that I don't measure up to even what I think I should be, mm-hmm. let alone any sort of external moral standard of 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 what's right and wrong? Hmm. So that's that's where I would start. I think. What about you? Do you... I mean
1: naturally? I think those. It seems to me like one possibility is that virtue and prosperity came apart uh, during the monastic movement. You know, like you, you sort of had these vows of. Poverty in these things, and that was seen as virtuous mm-hmm. um, and so I, I wonder if we're sort of reaping
0: the history of that a bit, yeah, that could absolutely be a factor. I think the enlightenment's another factor in mm-hmm. terms of um, the the sort of sacred secular split when you live in a world view in an environment where everything is spiritually charged, even the most basic of tasks, and then you split that apart and say, well, there's the spiritual realm and then there's the the secular realm. Well, it's natural then if you're pursuing stuff in the secular realm to not think about the spiritual realm and then you mm-hmm. discover, oh, maybe I actually at a pragmatic level can achieve my perception of what the good life is based on prosperity without any connection to the spiritual end of things.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, I want to pivot just to catch the other half of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, let's talk about excellence. Or, um, you know, you mentioned there in verse 3 that this is the same word that the ESV renders. Um, his, diver, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Excellence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what comes to your mind when you think of that term, excellence? Well,
1: in, in that context, I I think naturally I think of excellence as just like this is you you do something well, mm-hmm. uh, even very well. Uh, in the context it's read there in verse three, I think perfections. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I think uh, uh, you know, it talks about God's glory and His
0: excellence, His perfection. Yep. Um, so that that's what naturally comes to mind for me. Yep. I think uh perfection and I think even just of um um his greatness. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, um other texts uh for example in um in First Peter uses the same word uh to talk about uh our task as believers is to proclaim the excellencies. Mm-hmm. … of the one who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And there, that seems uh, perhaps a bit more specific, you know, not, not just excellence in general. He's great. He's perfect. But specific attributes of God and highlighting their greatness, you know, his his perfections, his, his excellencies. Um, but uh, … I do think there's still the element of marveling at what he does, he does perfectly. Mm-hmm. And when you think about someone who is excellent at what they do, typically what what stands out, at least to me, is when I see someone who's excellent, it's a combination of typically of gifting slash ability. Mm-hmm. But also um, – this isn't really the right word. But almost something like efficiency, meaning mm. like there's nothing there's no wasted movement, there's no like wasted effort. It's everything that they're doing is directed towards this one goal and it's functioning as well as it can to pursue that particular goal.
1: Yeah, it's like skill plus refining that skill, you mm-hmm. know, the the effort to refine that skill. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you see a great musician uh, at, at a concert hall, right? Mm-hmm. It is – oh, they're clearly talented. Yeah, But they've also clearly worked very, very hard to refine that to do it the most efficient
0: way or
1: right. uh, the most uh, beautiful way yeah. possible.
0: Yeah, and it, it involves a measure of wisdom as well when you think about it because in most areas – there is the combination of, well, you need to know the specific skill to do something. Mm-hmm. But you also need to know when to use which skill or which part of the skill and how much of the skill to use rather than too much of it or not enough of it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think especially in the realm of art, you know, you can – and I I don't know a lot about art, but I remember um, I knew uh, – a man, um, a man and a woman who they studied at an art academy in Florence. Oh. So went overseas, studied in, in, in an art academy in Florence, and they would talk about just some of the things they would spend time doing where they would learn this one certain kind of brushstroke and they would practice it endlessly to try to perfect it. Hmm. And then they'd learn a different kind of brushstroke. Well, that's – Part of being an artist is knowing different brush strokes. But what makes art art is not just I know how to do that brush stroke. It's knowing when to use which oh, brush yeah. stroke and how to bring all of that together into this beautiful product that displays something that it far transcends a simple brush stroke. Oh, yeah. And so I think um, when I think of excellence, I think of those kinds of things. And that's an analogy, I think, to even God's works. You know, you have his perfections and you know, at our church, we're, we're preaching through Genesis 1 mm-hmm. right now. And um, it's – when you stop to think about the complexity of creation and, and even just – this is one of the things I think science can really help us with, to show us the complexity of things. We're like all those things happen in this simple act of like photosynthesis or even – how do we see? Like, How does the eyeball work? How does the eyeball convert images into some form of electrical impulses that go into our brain? And that makes sense to our brain and it enables us to see, to interact with the world. Mm-hmm. Like how does that work? It's yeah. fascinating. I mean it's way beyond me. And even, even when a scientist can explain it, there's still this element of wonder like –
1: So, you're telling me there's rods and cones. Yeah,
0: we got rods, cones, nerves. (laughs) We got a lens in there somewhere. Yeah. We got a retina. Like, (laughs) but, and it just, it it blows my mind to think somebody could think that all evolved out of nothing. What? How? Mm -hmm. It all works together so incredibly. Like, how? Anyway, but like, there's just an excellence sometimes that I think you can see, even just in the natural world, Mm -hmm. of the complexity. So, How does that end up on our end of things? Well, obviously, the virtue piece is understandable in us pursuing virtue, pursuing moral goodness. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's an element of us as Christians. We should pursue excellence. Mm -hmm. We should pursue doing things to the best of our ability, not so people think we're great, but so that it reflects back on the God who made us and the God who gave us the gifts and the abilities and the skills and all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, doing things uh – Doing things in a way that that enhance uh, others and 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 uh, show uh,
0: show the goodness of your creator ultimately. Yeah. All right, we've already run long here, John. We probably should move on to this day in sports history.
1: Okay, this day in sports history, uh, September nineteenth, twenty twenty three, September nineteenth. Uh, 1971 New York City Marathon inaugural women's race won by Beth Bonner in two hours, 55 minutes. Uh, Second men's race won by Norman Higgins in two hours, 22 minutes.
0: I I don't know this, but I'm curious. I wonder when the last time – because basically don't – isn't the New York Marathon consistently won now by – Kenyans and others from Africa. Like isn't that like basically yeah. – have they not come I to dominate? So. Um, yeah. Um, I, I cannot wrap my brain. Even though I was a distance runner in high school, I can't wrap my brain around running 26 miles. Yeah. 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 Did you know Ben? Is, I know Ben runs a lot. He's he's training for the half marathon in Fort Wayne.
1: Oh, there's a half marathon in Fort Wayne. I think it's the first weekend in October. Okay. I think. Sweet. Uh, 1988, American driver. Diver. Uh, you're right. I That's in, important. Ins- yes, I inserted an R there. Uh, <laughs> diver, Greg Luganus. Yeah, you got that one. Smashes his head on the diving board during the three-meter springboard preliminaries at the Seoul Olympics. Recovers to qualify for the final, which he won the following day, gold medal.
0: Yes, I remember that. It was very vivid, like and not a pretty thing to see someone smack. Like he went up, did the bounce, and then as he was doing his flip, he didn't get out far uh, enough in front of the board yeah. and just smacked that back of his head and it's bloody and everything. It was gross. Uh, so. Yeah, that's no good. Um,
1: Let's we'll stop talking about it. Uh, <laughs> 1992, uh, Barry Bonds joins Willie Mays, Howard Johnson, and Ron Grant is having two – 30 home run, 30 steal, MLB seasons.
0: You added an R again. Where? Ron Gant, not Gantt. Oh, yep, you're right. I totally did. <laughs> this Ron is a, Gant. This is a theme developing.
1: Yeah, I wonder what's wrong with me. I have no idea. It happens. That's impressive, though. 30-30.
0: Yeah. Back-to-back yeah. 30-30 seasons. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I guess not back-to-back, just having two just of having
0: them. Just having two of them in, in a career. Yeah. Uh,
1: 1992. Sergey uh, Sergei Bobka <laughs> – did I get that right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Polvolts' world record, uh, 6.13 meters.
0: Yeah. I don't know how high that is in feet though. Uh, That's like 20 – Yeah, 20, like 20, 20, feet? 20 feet. That sounds yeah. about right. Um,
1: one year later in 1993, Sh- San Diego Chargers kicker John Carney boots six field goals in an 18-17 win over the Houston – Probably Oilers at the time, yeah, have right? been
0: the Oilers, still, yeah.
1: To set a new NFL record with twenty-nine consecutive field goals made.
0: Yeah. Well, who do you like out of that?
1: Oh my goodness. Um,
0: Let's not do Barry Bonds.
1: Okay. <laughs> um. Any any particular reason you don't like Barry?
0: Ah, come on. Cheated. The cream, the clear. Let the listener understand.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, do you like John Carney? Or, uh, I could go with that or I could go with Luganus. We can go Luganus. Okay. All right. Let's do that. One thing you liked? Uh, on vacation,
1: I guess two weeks ago now, uh, we found – a staple place that I grew up with called Rita's Italian Ice. Have you had Rita's Italian Ice? No. Very very good. Um, you know some Italian ice are really tough. This is a really soft texture, mm. and then they put uh, they put soft serve ice cream in it. Oh, it's incredible! So so good. Sounds tasty. Um, had some when I was down in Florida. So that's okay. that's my one thing. What flavor? Uh, I had a. A like uh, chocolate peanut butter icy flavor with like a vanilla ice cream Oof. in there. It was really really good. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, chocolate peanut
0: butter. Yeah yeah. Somebody should make a candy like that. Yeah. If only. If only. So uh, my one thing I liked is uh, I mentioned in part. So this past weekend um, I was in Columbus, and uh, one part of that obviously was going to the Ohio State game. Um, but I, I very much enjoyed – we got to catch up with some friends. Um, uh, one uh, – so there was, a, there was a woman who uh, we were friends with when we were just first on staff with crew living in Ohio. She and her husband were good friends of ours. And um, my wife babysat for their daughter who is basically the same age as our oldest son, John. Oh, fun. And so we got to see uh, – we got to see – Her and her daughter, um, her husband passed away back in March, very sad. Yeah. Um, And so just good to catch up with them and um, see God's grace at work in their lives and kind of coping with that. Uh, But just good to see them. And then, of course, staying with Zach in Ohio.
1: Did you stay with Zach in Ohio? We did. I'm staying
0: with Zach this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like having the individual podcast experience. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their kids are great. Lots of energy. We went to see one of uh, their little Jake, uh, his uh, baseball game. Oh, fun! It's a riot. Fun. It's a riot. And thankfully, there were no like stupid, absurd parents yelling obscenities at officials or anything like that. So that's, yeah, that's wild yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to Zach and his lovely wife Sarah. In Ohio, and you'll get to, like you said, you get to see them this week. So yeah, Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. All right, John. We have talked lots of football. We've tried to talk you through your loss. Yeah, counseling of, in progress. Of, yeah, uh, of your beloved quarterback. Someday we'll do a, they'll do a thirty for thirty on what was your favorite moment of the Aaron Rodgers era in oh, goodness. New York. Do you is think the, he
1: comes back? I think so. I think so, too. I
0: think all indications
1: think so he's planning to. Uh, apparently had a newfangled Achilles surgery that could bring him back as soon as January. That seems
0: absurd. It seems absurd to me, too. And but it seems unnecessary. I mean, even if the Jets could get into the playoffs, uh-huh. man, that just seems like...
1: Well, I like it from the fact that, like, you know, normally it's a it's a one-year out sort of thing. So. Yeah. If he's back for training camp next summer, I'd be over the moon. Mm -hmm. And he's able to fully participate, test that Achilles. Yeah, yeah. I'd be over the moon.
0: We have talked. Let me start this again. Yeah, we have talked. No, no, no. That's not your fault. I broke it off into the a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're breaking it off again. Yeah. Okay. I try it one more time. Yeah. (laughs) We have talked. Jets football, Ohio State football. We have talked Virtue and Excellence. We have talked Greg Luganus. We have talked Rita's Italian Ice. Yeah, yeah, Rita's. We have talked about my trip to Columbus. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later.